This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. I wish you guys could hear our warm up. I wish you guys could hear, just be a fly in the wall. This for is, us three boys hashing it out in well, a room. You guys just say fuck shit, piss and clap. <laughs> what are you talking about? What is the warm up? That's our warm up. <laughs> I know. So now they That's heard the it. Jump off into the show. They just don't know. No, they don't hear it. They don't hear it. it gets cut off before the show no, okay. begins. For those that haven't heard it, they go fuck shit, piss. And then they clap, and somehow this is the most contentious we are as a group when it comes to the intro. For some reason, this is it the is only time there's ever been a fight. Because Henry refuses to say it with the rhythm. We're not there getting is into this. A, there's a time difference. There's a lag in the Skype, so it doesn't match up a lot of the time. No, it still totally also, match up. All you have to do is say it in a rhythm. One, also two. Also, apparently, yeah, you're a fucking drummer, okay? He is a this drummer. Is you do. The this is what you do. You think in rhythms. You think in syncopations. All right. I'm a po- I'm Polish, and I'm and I have no musical talent. I think in emotions. Uh huh. That's what they say about the Polish. They're full of emotions. Yes. All we right. Are. This is the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Barks. Hello, and Henry Zabrowski. This is a show that we're going to call are relaxed <laughs> we are relaxed we're, oh. we're relaxed here, program. here you want to hear a sound you know what the sound is oh my god don't keep, keep your pants on <laughs> that's me taking off my belt i know but no one can see can you, you but marcus us? and i and we don't want to see it again can you hear the leather slide <laughs> oh god oh. Yeah. No belt zone, baby. <laughs> no belt zone, indeed. Relaxation has occurred. And, uh, of course, we also have to mention, you know you know what happened, Marcus? What? A couple of years, about 35 years ago, mm-hmm. there was a bald, bald, fat boy born. <laughs> and, that, and that boy looks the same today as he did yes. then. Beautiful Henry Zabrowski. Happy birthday, my friend. Happy birthday. You, you Thank are, you. You are a wonderful friend, and we're so happy your mother just... <laughs> squeezed oh, you out. Thomas, 
I um everything grew except my penis. Cool. <laughs> That's yeah. Well, there you go. There you have it. Yeah, welcome to the Welcome to the second half of your thirties when the existential dread really starts to set in. You know, yep. I I don't feel like there's nothing negative about my age that I feel. I feel like we, in our thirties, this is sort of the new peak, right? Our twenties, your twenties are kind of wasted on being twenty. Well, you're because you you're you don't build, know what you're doing at all. Well, you're building the steps. That's where you got to build. You know, we don't come from money. We got no nepotism here. Mm-hmm. We actually have to give our parents money now. Um, <laughs> yeah, isn't that a fun? Isn't, isn't that a fun, that fun new thing about thirty five? <laughs> but where stuff like my parents did not that they never believed in me, but they definitely at some they, they had a lot of being like, well, we'll see when he moves home. Like that was the kind of the mentality <laughs> that was kind of, that what started when I started doing uh, comedy. But now it's definitely like. It's like, oh, Henry Thomas, I couldn't help but notice the last podcast and the left was number five on the iTunes comedy charts. And I was like, how do you even know how to find that? Like, how do you know, like, like what that even means? Yeah, you know, like, technically, it means nothing. You know, it's about, like, sudden activity, but also then you get bumped out by random YouTubers that do one episode and let it rock for a fucking month. And then she then she had the magical realization be like. We need help getting a new car. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. Well, hey, Here number comes the five. Bill. Nothing to sneeze at, you know? <laughs> um, no, absolutely. Happy birthday, Henry Zabrowski. And your parents, they are going to love the new pool you're buying for them, <laughs> Mr. Clark Griswold over here. Um, do you so see how we- I have a screwdriver on the desk? I do. Like next to me? And how it could really slide right behind the eyeball. <laughs> so you could just fucking pop it out so it flops on your list, on your lips like it's a fucking big sack of nuts. Yep, there <laughs> it is. Uh, Henry, Henry Zabrowski did have a very sharp uh, object to his eyeball right there. Yeah. We're happy he didn't pluck out his eye. Very happy. Very happy. So this episode, what do we got today? We got some fun little stories. Mm-hmm. And then Marcus, Henry, Marcus did something. You want to hear what, Mar- what Marcus did, Henry? Let me guess. Was it hours of work? No, he went on vacation. <laughs> I did. What? He did a vacation. Yeah. He went on a vacation. And of course, he went to the most diverse place on the planet, Iceland. It's more diverse than you might think. Really? Yeah. They have horses Ow. and people. <laughs> <laughs> I saw pictures of both. How is it so diverse? Do people hide in the lava rocks? No, they don't hide in the lava rocks. It's just diverse. There are more than just white people around. They're white people, majority. Absolutely. But yeah. it is a, diver- a somewhat diverse place, more diverse than you might think. Also, Henry, how would people hiding in the lava rocks make it more diverse? There's no, that doesn't make any. I feel like that's how they hide without being seen yeah. for a while. Like that's how they could sneak into the country of people from Portugal. Oh. They go in there, which Portugal, I don't really understand the difference between Spanish, Portuguese, but I know it's. It's beautiful. And I know there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of octopus, but I don't know anything else. I don't know why it sounds different. But yeah. They can hide in the little rocks because yeah. they're small. But in Iceland, I love it. me and Carolina went to the Museum of Icelandic Sorcery and Witchcraft up in Hulmivik, oh. and I learned quite a bit about Icelandic sorcery. So we're going to be talking about Icelandic sorcery and witch hunts later on in the show. And it is surprisingly different from mainland European sorcery and witch hunts. We'll, go, we'll uh, get into the whole thing. Okay, very cool. I want cool. to address, apparently... So, I it's got a lot of messages saying number one, Marcus again, the best work in the business. Oh yeah, the hardest working podcast in the business, and it's because of Marcus Parks. Marcus Parks is the gangly mermaid on the front of our pirate ship. Ooh, (laughs) all right, cutting through the ice, (laughs) right? But apparently, we got some of the French 
pronunciations in the devils of Laudon incorrect. Yeah, of course we Which did. I don't know how. Because <laughs> you're, you're a native from French Queens. speaker. Because he's from Rochester, Texas. You're from Queens, and I'm from frickin' Wisconsin. Yeah, I knew I got all of them wrong. I don't have time to go take an, atten- an intensive course in French pronunciation. Well, you can Maybe just Maybe if it. you took... Yeah, you could I tried. And- I totally tried. I don't know. <laughs> like, I absolutely did try. Like, I looked up things online and, like, looked at the YouTube pronunciations and seeing, like, how things could be and how close I could get to it. But I can't learn how to speak French in a fucking week. All right. Get better at it. Get better at it. <laughs> and we know what the have- problem is, too, honestly, is that in, there's somewhere around 2008 where... When YouTube was like really starting to kick, because mm. we had the, our, we know the guys that created the fake pronunciation guide, mm-hmm. like YouTube channel, and I was like, I remember during that time period, people just would for for fucking lols would put fake pronunciation videos <laughs> in onto YouTube. So That's even funny. as you're looking at it, half it's fucking fake to begin with, and then you realize like, oh, the internet has always been fake. The only thing I can trust is the very center of my mind. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's completely and utterly genius, because then if you put the fake pronunciation up on YouTube, and then someone pronounce it the way that you pronounce it, then you laugh, because <laughs> then you're like, they, they mispronounced it because they listened to us. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That is funny. It's like you planted a joke seed that sprouted into a joke plant. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, I, I, I tried my best on the pronunciation. Oh, my God. But it's just like, you know, there, there's only so much that I can learn in a single week and learning a different language, unfortunately, and learning different pronunciations. Unfortunately, it's not one of those things that I can learn. I think you and just a couple you of nailed things, it. You, uh, uh, dog meat, to me, you're perfect. Thank you. You had me at hello. Oh. Uh, uh, at, how do you say hello in French? We. Oui? No, it's yes. <laughs> it's bonjour. bonjour. Even I know it's bonjour. bonjour. It's from Beauty and the Beast. That's how I know all my French. <laughs> it's from Beauty and the Beast. Um, I actually, so maybe it's a good point. Because this is a relaxed episode, this is probably a good way to, to bring this up. Is Number one, I think with these relaxed episodes, let's say we can even call them, yeah, we can call them relaxed fit yeah. episodes. <laughs> yeah, Like the sure. Levi's like 989s, yeah. where it's just essentially, it has, it's essentially a skirt yeah. with a little like patch at the bottom connecting <laughs> the mean, leg holes. I'm yeah. wearing my old navies right now, and I don't know what happened, but I'm still a size 38, and I know for a fact I've gained weight. They stretch. <laughs> they stretch now so much. Old Navy is on brand. They know who's buying their products. Nice. And they make me feel good. Nice. Well, we'll get we'll get back to Israel Keys next week. But yeah, this is just a relaxed breather episode. All right, but number one, if you got questions you want us to answer, send them to side stories lpotl at gmail.com. I think this would be a good opportunity, maybe if people are curious yeah. about things that we do or how we do them, or I guess our personal lives, or you're just like, Henry, how how do you keep the sex alive in a marriage. And I tell you, what you do is you just, you, you grub for it. Well, there you <laughs> gimme, go. Gimme, 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 gimme. I'm like, if you want those kind of the suggestions, we could do that. And also, there's a good time to say, Salt Lake City, we're coming for you. Go buy those tickets. Yeah. Buy those tickets in Salt Lake City. Cannot wait to go hang out with you guys. Yeah, come on down from Provo. Come on down from Provo if you can. Bring your Yukon down. From <laughs> Bring Provo. your Yukon down. Um, all right, everyone. Well, let's get to the first story here. Let's talk about people 
Cryptids. Let's do cryptids first. Sure. Now, this yes. is a story that's near and dear to my heart. Obviously, I am part of the Yeti clan. And this is breaking news all the way from the beautiful land of India, which is another place that we should go at some point, at the very least, to party. So, evidently... I don't know if you go to India to party. Oh, though. I've heard India is one of the best places to party in the whole world. I'd love to go to India. From who? Every The, the whole place. Dubai Are you hanging out with sheiks? Dubai is not in India. No, not Dubai. <laughs> no, whatever. Oh, my God. Was that the Are United, you, Arab, yeah, yeah. United you, Arab Emirates? <laughs> no, I'm thinking, um, what's the place in India? The place to go... Party? Delhi? I don't Millions know. Millions of places uh, in India. I don't freaking know. Never Bombay? Know. Let's go with Bombay. <laughs> I've heard India is a good place to party. My brother was there with his boyfriend. They had a great time. They treated him like a, he was a god because, of course, he's huge. But nonetheless, he's very tall. He's very tall. So the Indian army claims it found Yeti footprints in Nepal. And, of course, you know, Henry, the world is a little skeptical about this. But you Everybody's got something to fucking say. Everybody's got a roast of this news, which I understand because they hate... They, as soon, it's like what the UFO disclosure that we were talking about earlier this week. As soon as it fucking comes out, as soon as immediately, mm -mm. like, it's, a, a, they have to, the party line snaps right into place of let's make fun of these people because there's no possible way anything outside of our very limited imaginations could be real. I will say this. Don't make fun of the Indian Army. They will mess you up, man. They yeah. have many, many years, many millennia of war, and they... They wear fun hats. Are they a fun hat country? I think they're a fun hat country. I'm fairly certain. So they also got nukes. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's a that's <laughs> that's a whole different. Uh, that's a that's a top hat thing. Absolutely. I mean, they got nukes. <laughs> they got nukes. Um, causing saving the peace. As a matter of fact, the nukes over there. Mm. It's the first time they've ever been safe. Um, so this is the breaking news. Now, Henry, you saw this. This uh, army. They were on a mountaineering expedition, and they yes. stumbled upon mysterious footprints in Nepal. Now, Henry, now, you actually have an authentic Yeti footprint in your apartment. You look at it every day. You know exactly what footprints of the Yeti look like. I now have two. You have two of them. Okay. I now have two. And the big thing about them is they've got to have the ridges. They yes. only know that it's a legit footprint if it's got the ridges. Okay. You have to see the, which what I like to professionally call the titties of the feet. <laughs> Where it has to have the front lumps that if you were looking at the foot from in the front from, from the, the bottom of it towards you and it had little nipples on there, you'd get horny for it. Oh, if that's what you're doing. Yes. Right? If that's your if that's your lifestyle. But apparently, so the Indian Army, they discovered as they were going through a mountaineering expedition, as Kissel said, they found prints measuring 32 inches by 15 inches. Okay. Full-on footprints. They got pictures of them. They were found by the Mount Makalu Base Camp on April 9th. So when you look at these uh, footprints, Henry, what comes to mind? Is this, because uh, obviously, uh, immediately the New York Times, um, they have an article out being like, they say they found footprints of a Yeti, but it's most definitely just a bear. They're being they're being cynical. They're mocking mm. the Indian Army. Good luck. They are. 32 inches by 15 inches, Henry. What do you think? Seems a little too big to be a bear to me. Well, I'm looking at these pictures right now, and they are very, very interesting. They're big boys. Whatever these footprints are, it's big. <laughs> uh, 32 by 15. I guess it's like, can I, how big, how big? 
do Indian bears get? Well, you can I'm just say, say Indian bears. bears. I think you can just no, say but bears. They, they, no, because it goes by uh, it goes by region, right? Okay. Because they're here. The Bears family of India. You got the Himalayan black bear. They reach a length of five to six feet, right? Okay. So that's not going to make a 32-inch by 15-inch footprint. Mm-mm. The brown bear, right? Look at this. This is also, that is a small bear. And then a bear called the sloth bear. These are the bears of the Himalayas. Sloth bear is also a tiny-ass bear. So, you look at these bears, if by the evidence of these are the bears that are possibly on the Himalayan mountains, none of these are going to make a 32 by 15 inch footprint, uh-huh. and never mind, it's got the ridges. Well, and I do feel that the Indian army, why would they go all the way fucking out of their way to send in these footprints to their scientists to verify what the animal's going to be? If it's just a fucking bear. I think they know what bears are. Okay. Well, what the uh, New York Times article says about, you know, the bear thing is that the 32 inches may come from a mama bear going up front and baby bears tend to hop behind in the uh, footprints. The New York Times is why we we are at where we are today. The building should be burned down. (laughs) We are. That's my my, right there. That's my opinion. I disagree vehemently. I disagree. They did very yeah, well, much so. Well, it's, well, it we, is, I guess we will agree to disagree. To disagree. What are you, a part of the weather underground now, Henry? What's going on? It's, a, it's an act of domestic terrorism. I just think that all media has been lying to us, and uh, they should all double-check themselves. You're going to say, Yeti's fake? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? <laughs> 35 because, years young today. But, but look at this. What I like, because I even says, because what I like, too... I'm going to fucking satanistically fucking twist this shit. Where one of their researchers, a man by the name of a molecular biologist, Ross Barnett, he said the, the quote, which to him, I imagine it is snide and making fun of us. But I'm actually going to flip it and say that he's correct. Where he says, you can't kill a legend with anything as mundane as facts. And you're like, yeah, you can't. You can't <laughs> come with the fucking legend. Because if you can go for the king, don't fucking miss. Absolutely. Now I'm thinking about the movie Legend. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. But now the interesting thing about these Yeti tracks is there seems as if there's just one. So there was a lot of speculation. Maybe it's a one-legged Yeti. Perhaps this is a Yeti on a pogo stick, and it kind of was having a difficult <laughs> time pogoing. Why? Why just? No, the there one? are several. There are no. There are several prints. They sent one in. If no. you look at the track of prints, uh-huh. it is several prints. Well, I'm I'm seeing a little bit of a different piece of information here, but I'm looking I, at the picture. I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. And of course, I'm looking at the article from the Washington Post because you know what, Marcus? Uh-huh. Democracy dies in the dark. That's what and my subscription says. <laughs> this is an article about the Yeti footprints in Nepal. Without the Washington Post. What is freedom? You know? I do like the Washington Post. We talked about this earlier this week. And I, I like the fact that it's a legit newspaper, yes. All right. So wedding footprints have been found in India. I, I'm assuming that um, cryptozoologists are going to be fighting about this vigorously for yeah. the next 10 to 15 years. But you know what? It's going to keep them alive. Yeah. And then the next time we go to Comic-Con, uh, coming up here in July, we'll be in San Diego. We'll be able to run into the cryptozoologist that scammed Henry into buying a Yeti footprint once again. And you know what Henry's going to do? Buy another one. <laughs> oh, no. I, that was not I a... don't find... There's no scam because I put my belief in it. Uh-huh. And it's fun for us to have in the house. And it's a nice conversation piece because people go like, is that really a Bigfoot footprint? Uh-huh. And you go like, 
get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. The, the Bigfoot uh, fake footprint guy cannot afford a table at San Diego Comic-Con. That was at Salt Lake City. Though that yes. was Salt Lake City. And if you'd yes, like to come out and see us at Salt Lake City, come on out. We're coming come back Come on out. It's going to be a good show. I think it is going to be a good show. And you can get out from your homes. We have a lot of freaky fans out in fucking Salt Lake City. So you want to all get your bodies together so you can all ride together and hopefully go home and squirt into each other. Well, maybe if it's a, if it's a match. <laughs> if it's a match. And, of course, we have had a lot of people fall in love from our show. We've had a couple of divorces caused by our show. But I think <laughs> yeah. overall we've had more people find love than lose love. Net gain. Look, our friend Amira, also I want to say this, our friend Amira just sent me this thing. I wish that we could listen to it on air and just, like, literally not do our show and just play this show it is i didn't know art bell did a, a three-hour interview with merle haggard oh yes i heard about that and i must hear these two old men just spit peanut shells out of their teeth as they ramble <laughs> i really would like to hear that you know with merle haggard um what no was... he got they're talking truths man they're, no. they're spinning yarns. i know but merle what was the uh the famous song from michigan there that the tune that he had where he's from uh, michigan or are you talking okey from muskogee okey from muskogee yeah yeah it's from oklahoma oklahoma he said that ruined his career because people took him literally on that mm -hmm. and he said he was just trying to be satirical and make fun of the people of the time oh yeah the hag's too smart for him i know yeah I know. that's how it is you can't be that's the problem with satire it's defeated if you think it's real. Yeah, well, you can't be a square in outlaw country. Yeah, not allowed. I mean, David, uh, not even. Well, David Allen Coe was sleeping out of a hearse. Yes, and he was one of the more craziest ones. Well, so. he was also the whiniest one. Well, they're all. Yeah, his. <laughs> that is the it's one. It's very thing. interesting opinion. It's true if, because Marcus pointed that out. I never thought of David Allen Coe as sort of like he feels bad for himself, and then you you listen to all of his songs, you're like, oh wow, this is all about him being like bitter and. Like, he's, like, mad. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, he wrote everything in, in the way. back of a hearse. He <laughs> wrote all of his songs parked on in a Nashville street in a hearse. No, all of David, not all, but a lot of David Allen Coe's songs are just him being whiny and insecure. Yes, and then you have the racism. There are problems. <laughs> he's a problematic character. But I'm just saying, Waylon was never whiny. No. you know, Absolutely not, man. Johnny. Waylon's still my favorite. Waylon's my favorite of the whole group. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. And David Allen Coe, it's it's whiny, it's insecure, and it's just name dropping constantly. Well, I mean, for fuck's sake, Waylon, Willie, and me—that's just him talking about hanging out with his more famous friends. <laughs> yes. Hey, is. man. Wait till you have my. I start my country career with just with the first song just being "I used DiCaprio's bathroom once." <laughs> it was nice. Like that's. I will do that. I will use this. The amount of times that you have name dropped Leonardo DiCaprio is. Is actually amazing considering you met him for 38 minutes you know we did spend months together but it's all i have <laughs> <laughs> i also was in i was in a room with bobby de niro oh. several times who told me i told you, you gave me my biggest compliment i've ever received i did a scene with him and he just looked at me and went you you're good that's it. Not that's bad. it. That's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, man. That's yeah, he's amazing. fucking dead now, man. I can't believe it. It's so sad. <laughs> no, Robert De Niro isn't dead. 
What? He's still alive? Yes, he's doing great. What is this? Fucking Easter? All right, enough of this. Enough of this artist talk. That's for page seven, okay? <laughs> they, J- Jackie will do a whole segment on Outlaw Country. I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> she, she loves it. When is, I don't know. When is page seven gonna have a drunk uncle takeover? All I know <laughs> is it's gonna I be would... you and me. We should cover page seven, where it's just me and Kissel, legitimately hammered. Where we go, we get some whiskey, and you just hear wailing in the background of us being like. Yeah, man could be misunderstood. <laughs> you say it every once in a while. You hear puffs of cigar. Yeah, <laughs> it is always funny. The person who, the man who would be like, "Yes, man, are misunderstood," are always the easiest men to understand <laughs> yes, because it's yes. always just like, "Yes, man, no one understands me. I just like pretzels. <laughs> I like beer." No one gets it. Super. No guy. one gets. Really no get one it. gets it. Like, everyone gets it. You like carbs. You're a carb guy. We got it. Right from your grave. Now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you'll love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. And I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay? Because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothed what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into draft rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. Hey. 
Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. I got a yard now and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a pl- Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. But uh, speaking of uh, having a little bit of beer, maybe some pretzels, Mm -hmm. Henry, uh, Marcus on vacation in Iceland. Yeah. Let's hear all about this experience that you had with witchcraft and sorcery. What I love is that Marcus went on vacation and still managed to do work. Like, you still manage to absorb information and come back. Now, how did uh, Carolina, she goes with you willingly. Of course. No, she loves this. She loves this stuff just as much as I do. Thank God. Yeah. So, so what's the story? So you land in Iceland. How do you end up at this museum? And and what is this presentation you're about to lay on our people? <laughs> well, we landed in Reykjavik, but the Icelandic Museum of Sorcery and Witchcraft is up in Hulmivik, uh, which is in the Westfjords, which is about three hour, three and a half hours north of Reykjavik. So we mm. had to rent a car and drive all the way up, like drive through mountains, drive on cliffs, almost died like three or four times driving through that dangerous fucking country. It was amazing. When you were driving, was it one of those like three-wheeled cars like they used to, I saw in like the old National Lampoon's European yeah. vacation yeah. called like the Snart Looper? It gets where three hectares weird... to the rod. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, was, yeah, what kind of car did you drive? It was a Subaru. They, they okay. have, but they have weird kind of cars that like there was one car called like a T4 Cactus. Okay. Uh, yeah, and another one's like called like a Dustin Destin. It was very strange, but yeah, drove a Subaru up there. Uh, and yeah, is it opposite ends of the road? No, it's not. It's it's pretty much the same as driving in America, but all the signs are in different languages. It feels like you're driving in a dream. Cool. Yeah, or like a video I think it's game called jet lag. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's only like five hours ahead. It's not too bad at all. Okay. Oh, yeah, but it was pretty fantastic. So we drove up to the Icelandic Museum of Sorcery and Witchcraft, which I recommend so much for anybody who's going to Iceland because when you're up there in Holmavik, like in the West Fjords, it is a place where like sorcery feels real. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like that these people actually like you can feel 
the sorcery in the air. The people once believed in sorcery with all of their hearts. Cool. Now, they still take it pretty vaguely seriously, right? Like, I know a long time ago we covered things about the Hildefic and all this kind of shit, but did you glean anything while over there that they still do those practices? Because I know that they used to do construction. If they did construction in Reykjavik or various places around Iceland, they'd have to ask the Hildefic for permission in order to build. Well, at one point, they mm. were going to build uh, a highway through what was a, a ferry mound, uh, but then decided after a fair amount of accidents, which might have been caused more by nervous superstition than actual Hildefuck, mm-hmm. uh, but they decided to, you know, forego the project. They decided to abandon it. What do you mean but ferry also, mound? What's going on here? It's a mound where, it's like a little mound where fairies live. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a fairy home. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, don't destroy yeah. that. But the cool thing about uh, Iceland, and spe- specifically like Icelandic sorcery, it's like when, with European sorcery, uh, it feels made up. And by made up, mm. I mean, it feels like that they just sort of like it came from witch trials, people just speaking stream of consciousness. It feels like complete and total nonsense, because mm. as we know, like a lot of European uh, or, you know, mainland European witchcraft, uh, it was uh, a scapegoat type of mm. thing. I mean, it was a lot of people that were acting groovy. They were wanting to explore the limits of their sexuality and explore the limits of humanity and end up getting burned down for it. And basically all of the. All of the evidence of witchcraft that was used at various trials and all of the witness testimony about the supposed witchcraft that people either accusing people of or were accused of were then those kind of pieces of information. Those were the things that were compiled into things like the, the Malleus Maleficarum where they, they built it all by all of the lies that everybody else was saying about the real beliefs that people may or may not have been doing. Where Whether or not you truly were a pagan or a uh, you were a druid. Where, so they would take these things and they would twist it in order to kind of like amalgamate it into a book where they could eventually use it to fucking hammer the witches with. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And of course, when Marcus mentions pushing their limits of sexuality, you know what it, is? You know what it stops with? Butt stuff. <laughs> as soon as they, they say, oh, that's the limit. That's it. I'm they pretty say, sure that's Why they it. say it's a fucking uh, limit when all of their tortures involve sticking things up your fucking ass oh. and spreading it? I don't know. But the difference with Icelandic sorcery is that it was... A man in a frozen hut Ooh. on the like on the coast, huddled over a huddled over a pile of whale teeth, scratching Ooh. runes into each one and believing in it wholeheartedly. <laughs> That's awesome! Like, it is truly, truly What is he? What's he scratching into these whale teeth? Runes. What's a rune? A rune is a magical symbol oh, okay. uh, that holds power. Different runes hold different powers used for different spells and different rituals. Ah, uh, you know what it's like? Rummy cube. <laughs> Much like Rummy Q. I want to be mad, but you're correct. (laughs) But but technically it calls, uh, you know, the runic runic alphabet is also called Futhark. Uh, It's a writing system. And they actually don't know what the fucking true origins of runes are. Mm -hmm. They they believe it's somewhere from the 3rd century to the 16th century that it might have been invented. So it's a big guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hell of a window. (laughs) 
Well, I got while I was at the Sorcery Museum, they have a wonderful guidebook. And, you know, I'm going to go through a couple of things that they covered at the Sorcery Museum. But what I'm going to be talking about is only a tiny fraction of what you can learn if you actually go there. And if you go there, there might be a chance of experiencing an earthquake. Because when we were in the Sorcery Museum, we were up on the second floor learning all about an old Icelandic wizard and the entire building shook cool the, the entire awesome. building it was so fucking cool but, all right but the region where the uh sorcery museum is is called strandir uh and all again pronunciation it's fine doing my best nailed it yeah I, I feel like you're closer with these ones because at least you, you have hung out with uh, you've hung out with Ragnar quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm better with Germanic language th- languages than uh, Romantic languages. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Das das ist gut. But yes, Nothing. Strandir is known. It's known as the land of the cunning sorcerer. Yeah, yeah. This is, and it is reflected in this ditty from one of the neighboring countries. Quote. The hero fell on his head, his limbs in pain. It is unwise to wrestle with the sorcerers of Strandir. Yeah, because you get all dirty. <laughs> I guess so. He fell down like a marathoner finishing the race there. Mm-hmm. Not good. Can you imagine what it smells like to be inside the Strandir's hut? And they're all with the rotten shark and him, because, like his all his pubes all dreaded and all just covered in whale teeth and oil. <laughs> I don't know. Could- Strandir is not a man. Strandir is a regent. Oh. Well, I'm same. <laughs> Interesting. Being inside the mall of Strandir. When you go in there, what's the fucking hot topic like there? Come on, guys. Let's go. Come on. I bet you Put it smells a barrel. I bet you it doesn't smell that bad. It's very cold. Mm-hmm. That's good. Here in New York City, we're going through our transition from cold into warm, which is also the transition from not smelling so bad to smelling like rotten fish and toenails. <laughs> mom? Is that you, Mom? Yeah. Are we talking about? I like my mind, because that's the beginning of every call with my mom. It's been like, oh, what temperature is it in Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 85 here. It's going to be 80 throughout the week. It's going to rain a little bit. And it, oh, Henry Thomas, you would believe there's a new heron. Oh, my birdie came and I fed it hot dogs. I fed it hot dogs all day. I cannot imagine a more boring conversation than someone from Florida talking to somebody in Los Angeles, California about the weather. How long, at least in Wisconsin, when you mention the weather, there is something to talk about. Yeah. Things have to be addressed. Yeah. My uncle died. <laughs> Snowstorm, huh? Hey, Ben. You want to know how to make yourself invisible? Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Yeah. All right. Here's how you do it. According to Icelandic sorcery. Okay. Collect three drops of blood from the index finger of your left hand, three from the ring finger of your right hand, two from your right nipple, and one from your left nipple. (sighs) Mix Mm -hmm. the blood with six drops of blood from the heart of a living raven and melt it with the raven's brain and pieces of a human stomach. Carve Mm. the sign on the lignite with magnetic steel, which has been hardened three times in human blood. Then using that lignite, using that little stone, one can become invisible. Well, Ooh. wouldn't you know it? I actually just like almost like a cooking show. I just whipped that up myself, <laughs> and I just ingested it, and now I'm taking off my clothes. No one can see me do what I'm doing. Oh right no, now. we can't <laughs> see oh, it. No. no, we can see it. It's Harry Potter and the Perverts Rock. <laughs> <laughs> to be invisible is really just about masturbating at people. Yeah, in your in your 
in your in your estimation, in your version of things. I think what I, would you use being invisible for? Huh. I guess try to try to figure it out without <laughs> just saying jerking off. Because you know what the problem is, is that you'd have to at least jerk off once. No, but to get is, it out of your system, but so is, you can stop thinking about it like that. But is your is your ejaculate to use the scientific term mm-hmm. also invisible? I don't no, think so. You would have. That's to, the funnest game of all. So then you're just <laughs> and it just looks like a fucking it's just fucking weird ectoplasm, and they think it's the 18th century, and they're like, oh, is it Houdini? And they don't know it's me, just fucking with my two tablespoons of 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 semens, just waiting for them. When you're invisible mm-hmm. nowadays, they got all the they got the um, the heat sensors, mm-hmm. as we learned with the prisoner escape a couple of weeks uh, years ago here upstate New York. That's uh, right. That's right. I forgot about that prison break. That was awesome. I was in Toronto, and I remember that awesome. they were like coming for Toronto, and all of Canada was like battening down for the two people running <laughs> oh, the prison. Yeah, I think what was it, Richard Sweat or something like that? Richard Sweat. And yeah, there was another dude. Um, I don't think being invisible sounds that fun, though, honestly, because you still have your physical form, so you're still getting bumped into all the time. I mean, no one really knows what they're hitting. Um, no, it's like uh, having a sketch show. No, being invisible is like having a sketch show on Netflix where you uh, <laughs> produce it and it goes out and you're like, hey, 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 I work really hard on this and uh, nobody notices. And it's like you never did it. Texas Beat is a sauce that allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around. It's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor! By Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha. Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs in a whole bunch of cha, and it started off my day. Correct. Texas Pete. Sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. You'll step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Use your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. You're going to get a kiss in there. That's mystery, danger, and romance as you search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris. Watch out for those sidewalks. They are covered in urine. 
and customize your very own luxurious estate island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. Collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. And you can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Oh, how I love the 1920s. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, oh, it's eaten up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah! Toss that rock! Come on, guys! Yeah, pass it around! Get on the excitement with Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps. Whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops, you're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on Price Picks with little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Basketball! Price Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entry stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine Bobby Bonilla played basketball? Woo-wee, dog! Then... It would be more like baseball, but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today and use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Live from your grave. But listen to this about the witch trials in Iceland. That there were 170 witch trials in Iceland after the Reformation in 1550. 20 men and one woman were burnt at the stake for being a witch. That's the difference between Iceland and other European countries. And really, you know, a lot of the rest of the world is that the vast majority of people in Iceland accused of witchcraft were men. Interesting, but it also, but do they all get executed like we do? Like, was it back in the day where basically if you're accused, you are essentially guilty? No, absolutely not. No, there was out of the <clears throat> 20 men, okay, out of the 170 people accused of witchcraft, 20 men and one woman were burnt at the stake. One in every four of the accused was flogged, and sometimes they flogged them just in case. Oh, uh, you have <laughs> just in case. <laughs> you got to. Yes. You bought all these whips. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, you got to use them. And a quarter of them were able to prove their innocence. Now, how did they prove their innocence? Because in the U.S., what do we do here? Where they we, they said if they, if they they would throw them in a goddamn river or something with a bunch of rocks around their ankles, mm-hmm. and they would say if they drown, they're not a witch, and if they come up, they are a witch. So then they hang them anyway. We uh, we would make them not. We would make them guilty. Yes, exactly. In Iceland, if you could get twelve friends to vouch that you were a good dude, most of the time you'd get off. Twelve? Oh, yeah, man. you that's have to a get a lot of friends. <laughs> Damn, that's a so... lot of friends to get. A goal show up to help you. Yeah, yeah. especially how many, in times, 16... how many mass emails I sent about moving. <laughs> yeah, what are we? And are no we... one wanted to come help you move. You know what I mean? Can you imagine having to send a mass email, being like, "Hey, will you please come to court 
and tell these people I'm not a witch. Because you'd have a bunch of people being like, oh, I fucking totally forgot that was fucking Wednesday, dude. <laughs> oh, man. I totally would have been there if it wasn't like 8.30 in the morning. Oh, My life dude. depends on this, man. Can you just please show up? Please, God. Yeah, dude. I totally, absolutely, man. Yeah. What day is it again? Wednesday, that 8.30. Email? Can you resend me the email? Oh, God. I'm going to die. <laughs> Yeah, it was well. It wasn't actual twelve. You didn't have to get all twelve. You just had to get the majority of twelve to say you were a good dude. But if you couldn't get twelve people or the majority of twelve people to say like you're a good dude and not a witch, then that was seen as proof of guilt. So the twenty-one people that died were just lonely. They just didn't have enough friends to no live. Friends. That is so sad. That was the big drawback that they point out at the sorcery museums that. In a justice system of this kind, unpopular people with bad reputations had very little chance of clearing their names. Judge, I'd just like to point out I am an introvert. Uh, (laughs) I don't have a lot of friends, Judge. Well, that's why we punish the introverts, because we do not trust them. So you're always plotting, (laughs) always thinking of schemes, going against the beautiful, wonderful, innocent extroverts. You know what? This judge is on to something. <laughs> Introverts are scary. Well, as far as who carried out the sentences, sentences were carried out by, by an executioner, but at local courts, it was the sheriff's task to find suitable persons for the job, but fairly soon it became the custom to let minor criminals do the job in exchange for their own punishment. That's so that, is the, that is literally the plot from Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. <laughs> But hold on a second. So in exchange for their punishment, they just get to kill someone else? They have to. I don't think they but, wanted to. Like, in the uh, case of Yon Yonsen uh, Ryomiao, more than 30 blows were necessary before his head came off because the edge of the axe wound up as if a rock was underneath it. You gotta Christ. get a <laughs> knife sharpener, run it through a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very... Well, I also find it interesting that they truly did burn all of these people to death where we actually... That's kind of a misnomer for our witch hunt because we hung... Most witches. Yes. And instead we, of burning them. Yeah, and the Icelanders burned their witches, which was a big deal because wood is not plentiful in that country. Hmm. I mean, a lot of it is like driftwood that they had well, to you know, you harvest from like, the sea. Wouldn't you do it with like seal blubber? No, they did it with driftwood. Ooh, mm. that yeah. would make the, if it wasn't a human meal, uh, the little seal blubber there. <laughs> probably good. So no seal blubber. No seal blubber used to burn people, as far as I could tell. Well, why would you use seal? Doesn't seal blubber just work in, like, candles and stuff because it doesn't burn that fast? Shut up. (laughs) I thought that was the whole point of the blubber. (laughs) Well, do you want to hear some of the stories of the 21 that were executed? You know it, Papa Marcus. (laughs) Yes, Papa Marcus, tell us about the execution. No belt zone. (laughs) No belt zone with Papa Marcus is a good new video for yourself. (laughs) Start. Well, in 1654, Egil Bjarnason was burnt in Trekelstjevik, 
Strandir, after confessing that he had killed a sheep with magic and made a contract with the devil. What if it was just a hammer that he called magic? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Was this confession unsolicited? Uh, they don't really talk a lot about how the confessions were uh, extracted, but it does It does not sound like they put them through a lot of torture to get mm. the confessions because there were quite a few people who went to the stake still screaming, See! My innocence, see my innocence. Uh, but there was, but there was one dude uh, named Haldor Finbogason, uh, who is burnt at burnt at Thingvalir, uh, who recited "Our Father Who Art in Hell." All throughout his trials. Yeah, he fucking did. <laughs> That's what you fucking gotta do. If you're already going to the fucking stakes, it's fucking die with your boots on, man. Mm-hmm. That's so, the only way to live, bro. That is so interesting. He's like, do you ever watch um, The Last Waltz, the band mm-hmm. The Last Waltz? Yeah. Uh, Henry, you've seen this, right? It's uh, Martin Scorsese. It's amazing. They have that one Icelandic or Norwegian poet on there. Remember mm-hmm. that? And he says, um, he does... Uh, he makes puns about <laughs> about the about the Lord's Prayer or something like that. Anyway, that's very interesting. Poet, the last waltz. Now I'm looking it up because I want to see what this is. It's a horrible poem. First thing to pop up is Icelandic band Samaras talk poetry and incest apps. What is this? <laughs> I don't know. Don't click on it. Whatever it is, never mind. Well, in 1656, Jon Jonsson Jr. was burnt in Skutlsfjordur. Yep. No, wait, that is Skutels Führer. It is an extremely diff- difficult language it, because it's Germanic. Uh, since it's like more Germanic, it is like a bunch of words all put together and you don't recognize half of the symbols. It's really fun to try to get around when you're in a car. Cool. Are they truly uh, like because how insider is the culture of Iceland? Like it, I, I want to know, like, is it? kind of like truly homegrown were they that isolated with these kind of these folklore periods or was there a lot of travel were there a lot of like trade coming in and out that they would kind of uh the certain like folklore and beliefs would leak from what i understand from what i remember i believe iceland was founded in around like in the 900s of uh, of the ad uh and they came from i think norway because Mm. they didn't want to pay tax Taxes, oh. uh, and they created the world's first and oldest uh, parliament, uh, parliament, the All Thingy. Interesting. But a lot oh. of their stuff is homegrown. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, it's very Norse influenced, of course. Like they brought over all of the, you know, the Aesir and all that. Uh, but it, they're really. I don't think there's a whole lot of mixing uh, with uh, with other countries. It is pretty homegrown. But the uh, witch trials uh, in Iceland, those were kind of implanted from Germany. Because a couple of guys went over to Germany, saw all the stuff that was going on with the witch trials there. And it's not a coincidence that most of the witch trials in Iceland happened in the 17th century. The same time that, you know, the devils were happening over in France. Uh, same time the stuff was happening in Germany. So that the witch hunts were actually imported from another country. And very excellent. Yes, mm-hmm. very in vogue across the world. The guy I was thinking of with the bands of the last waltz, Lawrence Fairlingetti. 
and he uh, he performed the Last Prayer. Yeah, Lawrence was- Ferlinghetti. He's not a he's not Icelandic. I don't know what he is. Lawrence <laughs> Ferlinghetti. He was a I believe Ferlinghetti. I believe he was a beat poet, right? I don't know. <laughs> yes, he's a beat. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's white. Yeah, yeah, he's he has white poet. hair. I'm just like he's, I think he's like, from Brooklyn. I don't know where he's from. <laughs> Looks Icelandic. I might be thinking of another guy as well. There's a lot. There's one that's like Hoichi Torti Shorty. There's another one of those guys, and I forget where that is. Maybe that's not in the last world. I don't know. I'm really mad about this prayer. This is like, yeah, this is nothing even Icelandic or anything about it. It's just a fucking prayer to God. Yeah. You just did this thing, Kissel. No, Maybe not- read this. <laughs> and I'm looking at this thing. I'm looking at Lawrence Ferlinghetti, an incredible beat poet. I actually do like a lot of his work, but I don't want to fucking deal with any of this fucking Jesus Christ bullshit. No, it's not that, first of all, his... Let's get back to all Icelandic right. sorcery. All right, all right, all right. Jan Jansen admitted to having used magical signs and, among other things, having used farting runes against a girl. What do you mean? Farting runes. What's a farting ruin? It's called a fretrunir. <laughs> so it, it made her fart? <laughs> I think he farted on her. We've t- <laughs> farting has been used as a weapon for a long, long time. It really has. Yes, the mystical farting runes of Iceland. But no, don't bring it up around Marcus because he gets sensitive. Like last time when we started talking about someone who was the target of a you bunch know, of farts. <laughs> yeah, I flipped it and reversed it. Farts are now the funniest thing. One of the funniest things in the world to me. I'm not. I'm not fucking traumatized by farts or anything like that. I'm just saying those of us in the world get farted on. You know, we're a, a minority that deserve representation. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. So what did this mean then? So he was simply a sorcerer or a witch because he farted mm-hmm. near a girl or a woman or something? Well, farting I don't know if runes, you need a rune just to fart on somebody. I don't I think know. That you can just do that. Well, here's a far- actually farting runes are uh, much more uh, intense than you might think. Okay. Farting runes are used to afflict your belly with great shitting and shooting pains, <laughs> and all these may afflict your belly with very great farting. May your bones <laughs> split asunder, may your guts burst, may your farting never stop, oh. neither day nor night. Oh, no. May you become as weak as the fiend Loki, who was snared by all the gods. Oh, that's so that's metal. a farting rune. Interesting. That's awesome. So it really does. It is used on somebody else. Yeah. He wanted to make. Wow. This sounds like there's like there's a lot of wires crossed here. He was just trying to make. He was trying to make a chick super farty. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. This seems like a really bizarre new addition to Marvel's Endgame <laughs> when Loki somehow helps a woman fart or makes a woman fart through the second half of the film. We'll and s- that was his Endgame altogether, so he <laughs> could stand underneath her and collect the farts in his mouth like it's a Pittsburgh platter. <laughs> Well, in 1671, Sigurdur Jonsen was burnt in Tingvellir after a trial in... Ah, damn it, that's a hard one. I've been, no uh, one's going to be upset by this. No <laughs> one's going to be upset. It is a small country. Uh, but anyways, he, was, he admitted, among other things, that he had fought a ghost and frightened it off with the help of herbs and semen. Yeah, that's just like that Don Knotts movie. What is it? <laughs> uh, Mr. Chicken and, and some ghost or something like that. What's the name of that movie? Mr. Chicken and the Ghost? Mr. Chicken and the Ghost. I swear to God. Yeah, yeah, I remember that whole movie. Mr. Chicken movie. Yeah, and, and the Ghost. Is, a is movie. this one of your fucking stroke movies? No, this is not Mr. Chicken. It's no. a 
old stag film where it's no. just him oh, fucking a chicken with Bob Hope stroking it in the corner, being like, "They're gonna name an airport after me." Shit, I did. We have to. We have to. We actually have to apologize here. Don Knotts was in a movie called The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. <laughs> yes, he's Mr. Chicken. I know Don Knotts. It was one of the only things my parents let me watch. Uh huh. Yep. He starred as a Luther Heggs, a newspaper typesetter who spends a night in a haunted house. Thank you. So. My question is, they caught him trying to ward off a ghost using semen and spices? Well, that was one of the things that he did, but mm. he ad- he admitted to doing that and various other things. He probably got caught with like grimoire pages and things like that, which getting caught with grimoire pages in Iceland at that time was a capital offense. What do we got with these grimoire pages? What are we talking here? Grimoires are magical books of spells and such. Oh. Spells and rituals and all that. Uh, and, if- and now you can just buy them on fucking Amazon. Yeah. I want to say again, and we cover this a little bit, not this time. I forget the last time we did a whole thing about which is getting burned. But you, we are in a golden age of being able to just say you're a witch. Yeah. Like, the fact that I can go and be a Satanist openly, like, I learned a little bit of that from the Hail Satan documentary. I'm the only one who got to watch it. I wish that you guys could watch it so we could talk about it. But I watched it, and I loved it. But it is, like, this liberating thing to understand being, I, this is the only era of humankind where I can stand up and say, I worship the devil and there's no two police officers that come take me to the stocks and then flog me and then burn me at the stake. But you know what? I almost think that that's worse. Because it's fun. Now everyone's a witch. Everyone's a witch. Everyone's know, a Satanist. And it used but, to be fun dude, when it was like, ooh, edgy, risque. And now it's very- We can't be like the people. We can't be like the people that got mad when Modest Mouse made uh, good news for people who love bad news. Which we is can't still a good be album. like that. It's a great yeah. album. What are you talking <laughs> but about? Who was saying, mad about we that? Can't, we can't be mad about mainstream success of the things we enjoy. Like, this is where they're supposed to go. They catch on. These yeah. ideas catch on, and that, that's what causes a fire. Eventually, it will be shut down again. We are in the middle of a very uh, Lawrence Welk period. This is a very conservative period for society, which is why it is like this. I don't know, but I will say uh, that was one of the best Modest Mouse albums, and the only band that I ever would agree with that sort of changed a little bit, Green Day, I thought Geek Stink, Stink Breath was incredible, mm-hmm. but you know, then they did get a little bit too, I don't know. They, yeah. they went and they had some meetings, yeah. and they were like, <laughs> they you need to have some yes. slow songs, and it was like, but I still like Green yes. Day. Yeah, yeah, I still like Green Day. Yeah, the first few albums are still, you know, pretty fun. You pretty know? great. So, yeah, still, but still pretty great. I'll, I'll rock to some Dookie. You want to know how to, you, know, you want to know how to raise the dead? I actually would like to do this, but the question is, do you raise them back into their full form, or do you just raise up a skeleton that has a bunch of meat dripping off of you it? You raise up a draugr. Uh, so you're essentially raising a, cor- a corpse to do mischief against your foes. Like a golem. Yeah. Okay. Well, But a golem is like you're making a... You're a, constructing yeah, you're it. You're constructing yeah. it. This is raising the dead to do your bidding. Okay. Well, that's what's about... Because that's also voodoo does that too. Mm-hmm. Voodoo. And then so does fucking... Um, it's just straight up necromancy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Listen to this. Okay. This sign you should carve on oak and then color it with blood. The blood must be from the big toe of your right foot and the thumb of your left hand. Lay the sign on the grave and then walk three times clockwise and three times anti-clockwise around the church. 
Three spurts of earth will then spew from the grave, and at the last one, the sorcerer must be prepared to receive the dead. Grab the ghost by his neck and squeeze until he asks for lenience. Only then should the ghost be prepared for the tasks in hand. If these be great and many, more preparation is needed, and more than one sorcerer. Yes! Yeah, so if you need the, yes! go- if you need the ghost to go and kill someone, right. you're going to need a couple of sorcerers. You want a couple of sorcerers there, and no matter what, you're getting good exercise. Those churches are huge, <laughs> so you got to walk <laughs> three times like- around and three times around again. This is, uh, I think, that's a, a point that is missing in a lot of modern-day witchcraft. I think it's important. If you want to be a witch, you should also be doing strength training. And I, this is not even a bit. It's not even a bit. Right? I, as a sorcerer, like this is what it shows, is that sorcery, as far as I'm concerned, is both a mental and physical discipline. Like you need to be able to have total control of your body, which is why Aleister Crowley brought yoga into the, enti- into the mix. Being like you need to be being able to – you have to connect your mind to your body to be one singular force. So I like the idea of not only do you have to bring about – like you do the spell, you do an actual physical thing where you hurt yourself in order to gain the magic back. Like you, you hurt yourself to pay the magic bill, and then when the dead rise, you got to fucking wrestle it to the ground for it to do what you got to do. It's like how you hire a personal assistant. Is there uh, <laughs> is there any – Witchcraft Amex card. Can I? Can I? Can I not do? You, the, you want the t- miles? I just want to not do the bleeding. No, I don't want to be the limping there, all over the place. There's, there's no shortcuts. No shortcuts. All right. Well, that's why I'll stick to Diamond Dallas Page Yoga, DDP <laughs> Yoga, which I have started to do. How? In what way <laughs> have you started to do the DDP Yoga? I watched some videos on YouTube. Yes, I figured so. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, if you want another kind of helper, there is a creature that you can create known as the Tilberry. To acquire a Til... And this is something that only a woman can do. Mm. To acquire a Tilberry, the woman has to steal a human rib from a churchyard in the early hours of Whitsunday, wrap it in gray wool, and keep it between her breasts. The next three times she takes Holy Communion, she must spit the sacrament wine over the bundle... Carried between her breast. The third spurt of holy wine will bring the tilberry to life from the human rib. When it grows larger and the mother can no longer conceal it in her bosom, she must cut loose a piece of skin on the inside of her thigh and make a nipple which the tilberry will hang onto and draw nourishment from her body fluids. When the creature gets big enough, the mother orders him to steal milk from other farmers. He then (laughs) runs out and moves very fast over the fields. And steals milk from sheep and cows and delivers it into the mother's churn. The mother then makes butter out of it, so-called Tilbarastmur. Okay. Yeah. And when the mother gets older and the Tilbury becomes too big a burden for her, because it's like a long worm-like animal with mm, the face cool. of a baby. It's terrifying. <laughs> they have a representation of it in the Icelandic Museum of Witchcraft. They have a couple of them in there that an artist uh, has made. An, the, an artist went into the Museum of Sorcery and Witchcraft and made some really fantastic uh, representations of some of these items. Uh, and the Tilbury in particular is, is wonderful. Okay. But when the Tilbury becomes too big a burden and she can no longer tolerate his sucking of the thigh nipple she has to order him to gather all the lamb shit in three counties (laughs) and since there are so many sheep in Iceland this will cause the Tilbury to burst of exhaustion because he's constantly in a hurry to get back to his nipple 
Sounds like it's. <laughs> it really sounds like the last eight hours of Red Dead Redemption when you just basically have to do exactly that for no freaking reason whatsoever. It's, all, it's like with the Okachi birds. What was that in Final Fantasy VII where you have to go and you have to fucking raise all the birds to get the uh, eggs to go and get the Super Saiyan bullshit? So, you know what I'm talking about? I never played that one, yeah, but I, never I, do under- seven. I do understand the uh, meticulous duties that uh, many of these games require you to do. And I would say I don't want it to be a f- I don't want to be a farmer in real life. I just want to like I want to shoot someone. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sometimes no. That they, I always say, I don't meta. like all that stuff. It's like same thing with Skyrim, where you have to like spend several hours learning how to be a blacksmith. That's when I stopped playing those games because I don't have the patience for it. I don't know. The smithing is one of my favorite parts of Skyrim, though. I love see. The smithing. This is why it's designed for specific people. Yeah. Yeah, 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 very, very much so. Okay, but of course, like the most famous item at the Icelandic Museum of Sorcery and Witchcraft is the necro pants. What are the necro pants? <laughs> the, the necro pants is that where mayhem goes to shop? That's a really fun, <laughs> super, super evil clothing store. It's like a new torrid. Just going back to that last story a little bit, do you think it was written down by someone wearing no pants? Because it seems very sexual. Are all of these things just secret porno? I don't when think you so. couldn't have like the the penthouse forums. It has more to do with the, you know where where does life come from? That's where mm. a lot of the nipple stuff comes from. It's like where where does life come from? Where is the first place that we all suckle? That would be mother's teat on her thigh. No. <laughs> I've been rereading Prometheus Rising, and Robert Anton Wilson has a whole breakdown of breasts and our <laughs> what it means, what breasts mean to society, and it's pretty great. They have like a whole, like he has a whole section being like, I love to hear every mountaineer explain why they have to climb every conicler mountain by saying because it was there, because basically saying every mountain's a giant tit. And every mountaineer just wants to get to the nipple. <laughs> Honey, don't bother me right now. I'm writing my chapter on boobs. <laughs> okay. Have dear. you read any Robert Anton Wilson? I've read. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. both of you. I assume, Marcus, I yes. assume that yes. you have. Yeah. No, I, I like the I like the documentaries. You like the Reader's Digest. I, the, oh, oh, my dad used to, my dad submitted something to Reader's Digest. Did you get in? Rejected. <laughs> well, the Necropants, the most famous thing at the Icelandic Museum of Sorcery and Witchcraft, makes its way around the internet every once in a while. I mean, it's based on a legend. What the legend hmm. says is that neck. Here's where Necropants come from, because a lot of Icelandic sorcery actually has to do with getting money. Uh, because back then uh, there were a couple of of lords up at the top and then everyone else was poor as shit and mm. the only and you couldn't work your way up it wasn't like a meritoc- meritocracy where you could eventually work your way up it's like when you were at the bottom you fucking stayed at the bottom i am just so oh, yeah. happy that you said back then marcus as opposed to exactly <laughs> where we're living now well what necropants did they got you money oh. so how you got necropants here's how you made necropants is it right before a friend of yours died you had to ask him permission to use his skin. If he says yes, after he dies, you dig him up and you flay the skin from the waist down, including the dick and balls. If I skinned mm-hmm. Henry from the waist down, including the dick and balls, I'd look like the Incredible Hulk with a tiny dick hanging out. <laughs> I would look like he's like like wearing his shorts. Yeah. It would go just above my kneecap. Yes, it would, not- yes, it would just be like little bike shorts. <laughs> just super, super stretched out on your knees. Yeah, so you're not going to ask Henry. You're okay. going to ask like your brother, someone who is of uh. similar size to you. 
you. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wear, yeah, it's like I can't go and have Kissel fucking, I can't skin Kissel because it looks like I'm wearing a big pile of g- ginger overalls. Yeah, I mean, you would have to go to some bizarre person, maybe like the, the Sawyer family from mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, ask to get your fucking human legs hemmed, your human pants hemmed. Yeah. And maybe then it could work out. Maybe. I mean, I would definitely go bigger over smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of yes. course you go bigger yes. over smaller. Yeah. yeah, you take them in. So after you dig them up, you flay them, you make pants out of the skin, the legs and, you know, the dick and balls. But the balls are the most important part. Dick, not so much. But the balls, you have to have the balls hanging there. <laughs> Why? So you put, uh, let me get to it. Okay. So you put the pants on, you put the necro pants on, and they become a part of you. But you also have a second scrotum. And then once they become a part of you, you take a coin and insert the coin. Coin into the scrotum. <laughs> and then from that day forth, whenever you need money, you simply reach into the scrotum and pull out a coin. It's a fanny pack. <laughs> it's a but fanny pack made of balls. A fanny pack made of balls that holds infinite coins. Okay. See? Yeah. Then it's worth it. <laughs> so just cut to you at the video game arcade, just digging in your crotch to get another coin out as the cops take you away. Be like, no, that's where I keep my money. Listen, X-Men on me, kids. He's <laughs> like reaching into my fucking severed ball bag to give them all quarters. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah, and the reason why, uh, I love this, the reason why the witchcraft trials ended in uh, Iceland is because it just got too cold. They had a series of really <laughs> difficult winners. Wow. And so everyone just got it. I don't fucking care about witchcraft anymore. I don't fucking care about witchcraft anymore. Just fucking stay inside. That is Honestly, saved by the weather. Yeah. Saved by the cold saved weather. Saved by the weather. So if you guys want to learn more about this, because I just scratched the surface on Icelandic uh, sorcery here and what you can see at the Icelandic sorcery. And they're not paying me. I just want people to go. <laughs> I just want people to go. No, to you sit. should go. Yeah. We did the same thing with the Crypto Museum uh, in Portland, Maine. Yeah. Go go on up We're, there. Be, go. Be careful when you're driving, though. There's no shit. That's what uh, my buddy told me. There's no shame in turning back when you're driving in Iceland. You can download an app that tells you which roads are passable and which ones aren't. Wait, and- what? Why it, don't they just make better roads? And I'm not, not even being no, like rude. No, the roads are fantastic. The roads themselves are fantastic okay. and extremely well, ca- except for when you get on the gravel roads over on the sides. Uh, yeah, some of the gravel roads are, you know, that's a little dicey, especially when, you know, you're driving off of like a fucking 60-foot cliff. Oh, yeah, yeah that's horrifying. Yeah, yeah it is horrifying. Well, do they it not is, drive a lot scary. of pickups over there? Yeah, I mean, most people have like SUVs and stuff like that. Uh, but some, like there, we were driving up through some mountains and uh, a, a snowstorm had started on top of the mountain and was blowing snow down in a drift. And it really was, it was like someone had drawn a line between there is snow to the right, but there's no snow to the left. And as soon as we, I was like, yeah, I can handle this. I can try this out. We had driven through some like tundra stuff earlier that was a little dicey, but we made it through. Mm-hmm. And I got about 10 feet in and just said, I have lost my confidence. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then put it in reverse like, nope, we got to go back. We got to go take the long way around. So when you're driving in Iceland, especially, you know, the winter months, or because we went in like late March, like it, it up to going up to Holmavik, like it can't. Can get very dangerous, so be be careful when you go up there. Yeah, but you know when you get up there, like you really do feel like not necessarily that you know sorcery is real, but you 
know that people believed that sorcery was real. Cool. That it wasn't. It wasn't like a you know. So like I said earlier, it wasn't like in you know Western Europe where you know you feel like people uh, were just using it for their own gain. Mm-hmm. Of course, people did use it for their own gain in Iceland as well. But you know, you feel that uh, it has a presence there that it doesn't have anywhere else that I've been. Cool. All right. I miss is. places of presence. There's something about that that it's really wonderful. There was like a thing that we ate, like Natalie and I on our honeymoon, we had this one dinner outside, right? We went to have this, we had a private dinner outside and we were in front of the pink moon that, that was rising. It was the rose moon, whatever it's called, the, the, the plush moon, I forget, something like that. It rose and the, the moon was completely pink. And we had this like moment where it was like, we're literally eating dinner with the moon. If you feel this, because it's like mm-hmm. an actual like spot of nature where it's like, wow, you could see why when ancient man was here and they were on these beaches and they would come to these beaches and see this thing that was essentially an entity. They had no clue what the moon really was yet. And they see this thing rise and you can feel this moment of, oh, this is what it means to be attuned to the heavens. Mm-hmm. This is what presence is. You could sit and watch it. I love that fucking bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, the uh, West Fjords of Iceland, if you go like right around like end of May, beginning of April, yeah, you'll really like you still get it's still, it's not uh, completely overblown in snow, but you still get enough snow where you really feel like that isolation that really makes you feel good all right there it is i always like to go camping <laughs> when i to feel a tune in tune with nature that does work it's yeah. very you got to do it you got to do it, it I'm even not, we're you, not campers if, if you are no you're not you're, you're not a glamper. we are yeah i like the camping yeah. i love camping it's one of my favorite things to do and if you do if you are if you haven't broken your brain as many times as most of us here on this show have take a, a bit of a nice uh, mushroom go camping and you'll have yourself in a magical evening staring at the stars um, and having uh, getting in touch with nature. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, very cool. Very fun indeed. Is there anything else that we want to cover here today? I think that's all we got. Okay. I think we did it. I think we landed her in the harbor. Another beautiful, relaxed fit. Last podcast on the left. Yeah. I feel uh, my knees have a lot of room in these content genes we've created. And I am ready to sully forth into the world. So, Henry, it's your birthday weekend. Do you, I see you're wearing your pumpkin head shirt? That's what all thirty five. Because yes. he's thirty five now, Marcus. <laughs> so he's he's where he's an adult finally. I like um, I I can choose to dress like an eleven year old that made money. I love it. No, I actually love pumpkin head. And I think aren't they going to remake pumpkin head? They've been talking about doing a pumpkin head. No, that's my that's my pitch. I want them to remake pumpkin head. I have several. Ideas for a remake of Pumpkinhead. I love Pumpkinhead, but what are your big plans for the weekend? Um, anything? I'm a set. You're gonna sit. I'm All, a set. The whole weekend, you're just gonna sit. I just bought new. I bought a bunch of new weed. I'm gonna let that entertain me. I have to clean my house, Kissel. This is the 35 year old stuff like this. I have. I have a, a house full. Like there's like we have one spare room in the apartment that I'm trying to turn into my library, uh-huh. and it's taken time. All right, we haven't been home. Yeah, this is not it's not exciting. Well, there's no there's no plans that I'm going to say that are that exciting. We just went on our honeymoon. I can't spend any more money. You're not gonna go to Applebee's, go to Buffalo Wild Wings, anything like that? I I don't nah. You huh. know? I'm hoping for a block of hours of silence. Okay. All right. Is that is that most yeah. people want for their birthdays once you get in your mid thirties? I think usually that is required you're required to have children. Just to be like, I just want three hours of silence. And then people are like, we get it. You have kids. But you just, I don't know. But yeah. I have kids. I have me. Oh, I'm like my true. own child. 
<laughs> That's very, very true. Um, all right. Well, happy birthday, Henry Zabrowski. Thank um, you. Anything else, Mr. Parks? That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Let's see. So Salt Lake City and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. We got to get yeah. butts in those seats, folks. So come on out and hang out with us. Yeah. Why Honestly, not? it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun show. It's going to be a fun <laughs> show. <laughs> Let them know. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see you all there. Thanks all so much for giving to our Patreon. We absolutely love it. Without you, we don't got no show. Ain't got none. No, we ain't got no show. We ain't got no show. Uh, keep on supporting all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Um, and yeah, I guess that's about it. All right, everyone, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Elgin. Magustalations. Go and watch a Hail Satan documentary. Try to give some money to the TSD. I like them. I like the cut of their jib. Okay. Hail me as well, before you hail them, because it's my birthday. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.